You're listening to Harper Audio Presents, a podcast that brings you conversation and inspiration from your favorite authors, editors, and creators, giving you new perspectives on the world of books, culture, and the arts. We are part of the HarperCollins Presents network of podcasts. When you buy your morning coffee from the Afghan man at the counter, when you talk to the Puerto Rican woman who lives next door, or when you consult with your Estonian lawyer, tell them how much you appreciate what they do and how glad you are that they live here. Appoint yourself the ambassador for the America that you believe in. I'm Anna Maria Alessi, and with me today is Jean Stone. Thank you so much for coming back and speaking to me about the Trump Survival Guide, everything you need to know about living through what you hoped would never happen which is just published. We're recording a few days before the inauguration of President Trump. And the first thing I want to ask you is I want you to tell me what this book is not. What this book is not. This book is not an angry screed or any kind of justification for doing something silly. What this book is, is a guide for people who do not feel comfortable with the next administration are waiting to see how it's going to happen and are willing to follow what I think is pretty sensible advice for yeah. the future. So it's also, it's not a parody. It's not a joke book. It is a very thoughtful, very concise manual for a certain number of topics. You've selected 12 topics. Um, you've talked a little bit about the topic as a whole. You've summarized what the Obama administration did around that topic. You tried to anticipate a little bit what the Trump um, administration might do. Uh, Obviously, that can be hard in many cases. And then you lay out what an individual can both do and how they can read further about the subject. Well, you you just said it better than I can say it. So, I mean, I I just think it's interesting because I think when we, you know, I I think it's interesting that we're somewhat conditioned when we hear about a book. This was a book that was published on a collapsed time frame, right? Quite so. They gave me 12 days to write it from start to finish. Fascinating. How many words? Uh, I think it's around like, 25,000, but when you're writing that fast, you, you stop counting words and you just start counting days exactly. and then hours and then hours, minutes. Meals, <laughs> sleep. Cups of coffee. <laughs> exactly. But so when we, when we quote unquote crash a book like this, I think the expectation is it, it, it's usually sort of one of these, you know, one of these joke books or, or a, something that would go into sort of a, a niche and a special sales kind of situation. Well, you know, the in 2004, about a week before the election with Bush and Kerry, I was so convinced that Bush was going to win, I called up a different publisher. And I talked to them about doing a very quick book uh, called The Bush Survival Bible. And that book is exactly what you're talking about. That book was funny because at the time, as much as obviously I wasn't a Bush partisan, um, I was able to, I thought, make fun of him in a way that was humorous, but there's also wisdom in the book, not for necessarily for me, but from other people. I didn't find or I don't find anything funny about Donald Trump. Right. So I didn't want to do what was going to be a repeat of the Bush Survival Bible. This book, as you accurately say, is very serious. There are a few funny things in the book, but those are the actual quotes from Donald Trump. Yeah. So you highlight 10 issues. How did you arrive at those 10? Well, 
Um, that's a really good question. When you're, when you're working on a book as fast as this one had to go, th- I basically sat down and thought of 20 issues mm-hmm. and then just decided, okay, this will work, this won't work, this will work, this won't work. So I'd like to say that an enormous amount of time and intelligence went into it, but I can't. It was basically, these were the ones that just seemed to be the most important. I was also working with uh, some friends. I hired a bunch of people, Mm -hmm. uh, seven people to help me with writing, fact-checking, proofreading, copy editing. And so I talked to them, uh, particularly uh, Nick Bromley, who uh, really did an enormous amount of work on the book. And so for every one of these decisions, as much as it all started with me, it eventually became something of a community. And the book's been on sale for roughly a week. A week. Have, have you heard a lot of, ooh, what about gun control or what about reproductive rights? Or, you know, are there any, is, are, are there, issues that you're consistently hearing people say what about this or not yet not, not yet as yeah. you say it's only been on sale for a week reviews have started to come as you know is working at harper collins most publisher schedules have long lead times for publicity and you see what's happening a month ahead of time or two months ahead of time obviously with this book it basically came out yeah so what would have been pre-reviews are actually appearing after the book is being published so to answer your question succinctly no I haven't heard anything. Not yet. Not yet. I'm sure I I I will. Exactly. I imagine that there's going to be a great deal of conversation around it and a lot of people, you know, with drinks in their hands, offering (laughs) you their opinion of what you left out (laughs) in the 12 days that you had. A lot of opinions will be coming my way. I'm sure of that. And it's already starting. Go to Amazon. There already is about 15 or 20 reviews. And a few of them are just, you know, who is this crazy leftist liberal who's whining and crying? Um, I expect... Obviously, in this country today, as divided as we are, that many people will find this book ridiculous. Yeah. So who are you? you and you, how did you arrive? I mean, you have such a long and varied career of efforts, both in book writing and magazine writing and publishing. I mean, yeah. it's, I'm very curious. How would you synopsize your career? It's hard to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty nutty. Um I was a book mag- uh, book editor, a magazine editor, a newspaper editor, a screenwriter. I worked in TV production. I've written 40 books. I'm a little compulsive. Yeah, you know? and, and you seem to have settled in mm-hmm. fairly well to this idea of co-writing or ghostwriting, however right. you want to call it. And 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 you've you seem to enjoy, and your sweet spot seems to be most recently the sort of wellness books. Is that right? Because very, you've done you've done so. some very interesting things around wellness. So tell us mm-hmm. tell us about some of some of the, those projects that you've enjoyed doing. Well, about ten years ago, I met a firefighter in Texas named Rip Esselstyn, who. Uh, it's a vegan firefighter and got his whole firehouse to go vegan, which is, you know, that anybody is, firefighters doesn't yeah. happen too often. So in order to write the book, I thought, well, you know, I'll go vegan. I'll see what happens. And I rather liked it. So I've stayed that way. And I've written a number of books in that area, the most recent being How Not to Die, which has been a huge bestseller. In fact, I just finished working on the How Not to Die cookbook with Dr. Michael Greger. But as you say, my career has been all over the map. I do like health. I am interested in diet, but I'm also interested in politics. I've been able to write about that. I care a lot about social responsibility and have worked with people like the founder of Tom's Shoes, Blake mm-hmm. McCoskey, on his book and Gail Evans on Play Like a Man, Win Like a Woman. Um, and I wrote a book on watches because I love wristwatches. Right, so I did that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So why write books? I mean, in today's, I mean, I, I'm truly curious because I know how hard it is and I speak to authors all the time. 
why not write a blog post or why not start a website or so why sit down and and write a book and in doing so what do you hope to accomplish and what have you seen happen as a result of writing a book well i write books primarily because it's what i know and if i knew more about blog posts if i knew more about podcasting i might do that too yeah. and i still might but book writing is what i know and every time i sit down to do a book i'm thinking I'm hoping, I'm wishing that some part of me that may know something or is working with somebody who knows something can find a medium that can translate well to other people. Books, I still think, are kind of magic. And a really good book read is not like listening to a podcast or mm -hmm. watching a movie. There really is something special about a book. And mm -hmm. I believe that and it's why I think that I know the publishing industry is worried about its future and what will happen next but I, I don't see any way books are going away for a while. That's good and and I'm sure you saw the article yesterday about um, President Obama and the influence yeah. that books have. I mean Absolutely. that's just such a love letter. I know. It's so <laughs> I think great. every one of us framed that, <laughs> framed that article. It's but it's true. Thing, yeah. Books are still a, a foundation of our culture. And and, and people, I, I do a lot of co-writing, ghostwriting. Yeah. To me, the difference is if I ghostwrite, my name isn't on it. If I co-write, my name is on it. And I hear from lots of people and what many of them say. And a lot of them are famous or they're wealthy or they're powerful. They want a book. They do. It, it, it's their ultimate calling card. It means that they stand for something. They mean yeah. something. A book still has that kind of power in our culture. Yeah, it still has that 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 mark of legitimacy. Right. So you crashed the Trump survival guide in in twelve days. Yeah, November seventeenth to November 29th. I know wow. it well. That's amazing. So I, I mean, and and tell me what the experience was like, sort of compared to a regular publishing cycle. Like, I, I mean, obviously it's an it's an all text cover, but that probably would have been the case under you know, under a normal cycle, were there things that were just dramatically different due to the due to the compressed time? It, it's it's almost like you, you you enter some weird time space continuum and you're no longer in the one that you're familiar with. Everything that normally happens on a book in a year and a half schedule happened with this book, but it all happened yeah. in this incredible time span. The copy editor was extraordinary. She worked on it overnight. Uh, we came in the next day. We worked with her. So, Everything that does happen with a book happened with this okay. book, but in this ridiculous time period. Yeah. So what are you working on now? Well, I am now finishing a book with uh, Nathan Runkel, who is the founder of Mercy for Animals, which is one of the foremost animal protection groups. And I, that is a co-writer. I'm working with my friend Neil Zacharias on a he um, he runs One Green Planet, which is a terrific website, and we're doing a book on environmentalism and diet. Um, so it's an area I'm staying with. But in all honesty, you know, one of the great things about what I do for a living is I don't know what I'll be doing yeah, in three exactly. months. Anybody yeah. could call, anything could happen. Right. It, it's it's like anything can happen day in the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, yeah, right. And it's just what your next gig is. So if you, if you could sort of wave a, a wand and and predict the influence of the Trump survival guide to, to your wildest dreams, what would happen as a result of, you know, a great number of people reading the book? Well, I think the primary message of this book can be summed up in just two words and do something. Do something. That's really all I'm asking people to do is 
do something. If you if you read the book and, and immigration is your issue or civil rights is your issue or women's rights, I, I don't care what the issue is. I, don't just stay home. Don't. It was so easy for all of us to feel so dejected after the election. Dejection doesn't go anywhere. Depression doesn't lead to anything. So what I'm really saying with the book is do something. So what would make me feel terrific is if somebody came up to me and said, because of you, I joined a march, or because of you, I signed a petition, or because of you, I had a bake sale. I don't care what it is you do. I just so much want someone to do something. Yeah. I think that that will happen because I think the book doesn't overwhelm us, doesn't overwhelm whelm us with what you charge, what responsibility you charge us. So it, it's very modest in saying, okay, these are small steps you can take. These are larger steps. But like you said, even just the, sort of providing the reading list, if nothing else, mm -hmm. to become better informed right. about any number of these issues, um, which you do, I think is fantastic. I also appreciated you spent some time in your introduction trying to put this potential presidency or this the the impact of this presidency in context mm -hmm. in a sense that yeah some some presidents are hugely influential others not so much like you know you sort of look back and you realize oh you know not a lot had lasting effect on individuals lives so it's it, that was i think helpful it i think was, we it, i think it, we need to hear all that you know put it a little bit in perspective it, it was very interesting and in going over what obama did I respect him. I thought he was a really good president in so many ways. But in doing the research, I found out, wow, he's even better than I thought. He wasn't perfect. There are some issues. There are things I don't agree with. But all in all, I found that he accomplished more than I'd realized. Mm -hmm. That's another thing I'd like people to get from the book as an appreciation right. of what he did. An understanding. But going back to what you asked before about... Um, what I hope people can get from it. Can I just read yes, of course, the very do. end of the book? Yeah. And, and this is what's really important to me. Um, more important than joining a demonstration or signing a petition. Um, please, if, if you can just keep this country a land of dignity and freedom, the best way is to show civility and support to all Americans, whatever their gender, race, creed, or color. When you buy your morning coffee from the Afghan man at the counter, or when you talk to the Puerto Rican woman who lives next door, or when you consult with your Estonian lawyer, tell them how much you appreciate what they do and how glad you are that they live here. Appoint yourself the ambassador for the America that you believe in. I love that. And if everybody would do that, if we could all be that ambassador for that civil, kind country that I think Democrat or Republican, liberal or conservative, in our hearts, we're all proud of, that's what would make me happiest. I agree. We have to encourage each other to try to go high. We mm -hmm. were making our, my daughter and I were making our signs for the march, and what she chose to do was she, she drew a picture of Michelle of this beautiful hand drawing of Michelle and then just the words, we go high. Oh. And that's what she's going to take with her on the bus on Saturday. And I thought, that's perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly, that's, lovely. that's the sentiment yeah. that you're after in the mm -hmm. Trump survival guide and that I think we very much need. Yeah. Well, I do feel very much that what I'd like the book to do is to encourage civil and polite resistance. I think we do have to resist. We do have to fight. And I think for too many years eight years exactly, we've had it very good on the liberal progressive side and we've become lazy. 
and I don't want to see us be lazy anymore. I didn't really want to write this book. In fact, I just happy sitting in bed being miserable. But I knew I could do it. And I thought, well, if I could do it, then I should do it. And was it, so was it your idea? And then you rang up your editor, your agent? It was literally, I was asleep and, and woke you woke up, up like and a I bolt thought, of like, right, thought, this I thought, is what you know, I, I got to do. do this book. This and is just, my, this is my, what I right. can contribute. And, and again, this is what I want everyone else to do. I don't care what it is, yeah. but everybody needs to do something because we can't just wait four years and then say, okay, well, we'll vote against them. It's not going to work. Too much is going to happen in the meantime. So people have to think about what it is that, what's important to them. What skill sets do they have? And I don't care what that skill. I mean, yeah, if they can yeah. just make There's phone calls. So, exactly. Or I don't care what it is. Everybody's got something they can do, and it's time to look inside and find out what that is and how they can apply it. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for writing The Trump Survival Guide, everything you need to know about living through what you hoped would never happen. Thank you, Gene Stone. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've enjoyed what you've heard, and if you have, that you'll subscribe. To do so, you just go to your podcast app, search for Harper Audio Presents, and click subscribe. That way, you'll never miss a conversation of publisher plus author plus microphone.